Guys, welcome to 2023. Um, and this year is one of those years I think has so much potential for us. Um, by a quick show of hands, how many of you are into New Year's resolutions? Few people, New Year's resolutions, we do it, okay. How many of the rest of you are like either absolutely not or you just don't like raising your hands because there was no power this morning for your showers? Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Well, listen, guys, here's what I want us to do to start off this morning. Um, I want you to um, turn to your neighbor and, and, and talk about maybe some of you who set New Year's resolutions. Maybe some of you have already broken your New Year's resolutions. We're a week into it, so there's room for that still. But share with somebody next to you or around you, maybe somebody you don't know, just a simple New Year's resolution um, that you guys have made. While that is going on, I'm going to be handing out, because we don't have slides this morning, so we're kind of going old school. We're going to be having handouts. If you guys have something to write with, it would be important to get that out. Uh, you're getting something with little blanks in it so you can fill in. There's even opportunity in there to take a little uh, a kind of a take-home puzzle. Um, but also, if you need something to write with, we're going to be handing those out as well. Um, I only have about 50 copies, though. That's the unfortunate thing. I think we're more than 50. So if we could, maybe families or couples, individuals sitting together like this, go ahead and just take one. If there's more, Karen and Warren will pass it out. If you need a pen or a pencil, ask for it. But otherwise, talk to each other while this is going on. And go ahead and, and talk about your resolution. Spend a few minutes doing that while this is being passed out. Okay, how's it coming? I'm, I'm kind of curious, how many of you have actually broken them already? And I'm going to put my hand up. I have made one and I have broken it already. Only one other person. You guys are doing good. Either that means we haven't broken any or we haven't made any possibly. Okay. So here's what I would like to do. Everyone, I think, has, uh, and, and guys, it looks like we do have some more papers, so feel free, Warren and Karen, to continue passing them out. Um, it, it really would be good. As many people as can have one, they need to get one, um, because there is a little bit of an um, opportunity for us to just take some notes on it. You know, we're back to school. I'm a teacher by vocation, and um, this is what we do. So let, let's hear a couple. Resolutions, who has some? Alex, what is your resolution? Wear a dress. Wear a dress. <laughs> yeah, so that's my daughter. She came up to me, she says she wants to wear a dress. And I'm like, just once for the whole year? And she goes, yes, just once I'm gonna wear a dress. So, um, yeah, there's a couple other people that may be in that same boat, hates dresses, but she's gonna wear a dress this year. Who else, who else has a resolution? Yanni. Praise and worship gatherings. I like that one. Good, yes. Get abs, as in a six-pack. I like that. So I actually have a, a two-liter. That's, that's, what, that's what mine is. I like that idea. Okay, who else? Did you guys hear that? Run 365 Ks for the year. 
Presumably. Wow. Okay. Good. I like that. Anyone else? Yes? Judge people less, yeah, okay. Good, yes, Karen. Travel lightly. Oh. Travel lightly, good. Good, well guys, that's, uh, that's I, I ask you to share these things out loud so we can help keep you accountable. <laughs> um, but anyway, for those of you now who like biblical trivia, so this is, I, I, I found this actually online, modified a couple of things, but you'll see there um, some of the most popular biblical Twitter feeds. Um, I don't know how many of you knew that during Bible days we actually had Twitter, and um, these are their New Year's resolutions. Now what I have not done is I've not said who was the individual who wrote the Twitter feed. (coughs) And this is what I need you guys to be able to decipher. We're not going to go through all of them. I want you to take these home with you, and if we, we do have some extras here. Does anyone need still a few? I have three extra on this side. There may be a couple extra over there. Does anyone need one? If not, okay. So let's look at these, some of these biblical Twitter feeds. First one, seems like everyone's all about high fiber. Me, I plan to eat less fruit next year. Who's that? That's Eve, yes. Adam and Eve. There, that's their Twitter feed there. Hashtag kill snakes. Yeah. What about patent those inventions of necessity I came up with at sea? Like the pooper scooper and earplugs. Hashtag termites no more. Noah, absolutely. On the ark, he uh, should have patented those things. Um... <clears throat> Longing or don't done fighting lions and Philistines taking a safer job Playing my harp for the king hashtag can't lose Yeah, you know how that turned out for him Okay, how about the two down from there and one down from there hereby resolve to draft the Fair Trade Act and enforce it hashtag say no to Stu Anyone? Jacob and Esau, yeah, which one was it? Who did the, who did the, the, the one there? Uh, what about this one? This year, no longer using the, fair, using the phrase people problems. Hashtag Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> Moses, absolutely, yeah, good one. Yeah, I, I ran a couple of these by my family and they, uh, that, was, that was a stumper for them. But yeah, he, he kind of had people problems and then of course the redundant. I guess if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. So, um, more hanging with the king in the new year. Who's that one? Haman. Haman. Yeah, thanks, Sharon. Haman. You wanted to hang out with the king? Anyway. Um, note to self, books are for reading, not for eating. Hashtag man shall not live by bread alone. Ezekiel, yeah, he actually ate the Word of God, literally. Go figure. My favorite, I'll get her to love me yet. This is the year. I can feel it. Hashtag redeeming love. (laughs) That was Hosea. My wife said, Seth, you may want to leave that one out. But uh, Start bathing more. Does wonders for your health. Hashtag muddy rivers are the best. Not John, who is it? 
I heard it. Starts with an N. I heard somebody say it. Naaman. Naaman. Remember he went and had leprosy, bathed a couple times? Yeah. Next one, start bathing less. Who puts a bathtub on the roof anyway? Hashtag privacy curtain. And Bathsheba. It's going to be her new, her new motto. Um, what's another one there? At Coach Paul said to flee the desires of youth. Will do, but what about the desires of middle age? Hashtag why two letters? Anyone remember that? Flee the desires of youth? Anyone, anyone? Well, you guys are going to have to look that one up. That was Timothy. Timothy, Timothy. Got to remember to sign my name on these letters. Last one got out by mistake. Oh, well, I'm sure they'll know who it's from. Hashtag coffee drinkers unite. Whoever the author of Hebrews was and Hebrews. Yeah, good. Okay, and then the last one. The Mayans win the prize. Returning to Earth in 2023. Just kidding. Or am I? Hashtag be prepared. Jesus. That was Jesus' Twitter feed. Yeah. So, um, guys, resolutions are a funny thing. You know, it's been described um, that resolutions, kind of a good definition for resolutions, are something that comes in, and I wish I could write this on the board, but it comes in one year and out the other year. Um, But jokes aside, it actually can be quite helpful for us to periodically kind of take stock of our life, uh, the challenges that we've faced, and goals for our life, and whether we choose to do it yearly, whether we choose to do it um, kind of on our birthdays, or maybe on our anniversaries if we're married, um, or different intervals in life, resolving to do something that will bring value to our life. Um, but also to the lives of those around us is a very positive thing to do. And so that's kind of what I want us to talk about this morning. You know, our family, we made a resolution here in the month of January uh, to do a certain amount of push-ups just for the month of January, every day. And this is the one I told you we already failed on that one. But uh, every one of us set different different goals and we're, we're headed out to do that. Um, so by the end of End of January, first week of February, you should see all of us Kerns a little bit more buff. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if that'll work. But uh, that's one of the resolutions that we made. Um, I personally, one of the resolutions that I made this year, um, and we made it a while back as a family, is that I give a gift to my children on their 12th year of their life. And this particular year, it's Alex's 12th year. And in her 12th year, what I commit to doing with her is reading through the Bible in a year with her. So for this entire year, her and I will be sitting down um, every day to read through the Bible. That's a resolution that I made with her, um, aside from her wearing a dress. We're seven days into it now, and so so far we haven't haven't missed. Um, But guys, if we look through the Bible, we can also find countless other stories. Examples where individuals made these, what we call resolutions, decisions for their lives. Joshua is a pretty famous one. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Daniel, he committed to praying to God on a very regular and a very, very, uh, very 
visual way so people could actually see him. Um, Daniel also committed to specific diet. So this is what I'm going to be doing. Jesus, he committed to not my will, but yours as the Father. Um, this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to look at a story in the Old Testament. If you have your Bibles, I, I, I apologize for the, it not being up, up on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, turn in 1 Kings chapter 2. I'll be reading this passage to us. But if you have even apps on your phone, 1 Kings chapter 2 is where this story is. And I want to set the stage right now for the story. Um, David, he was a guy that uh, led the nation of Israel. He was the second king of Israel, actually. And David um, was actually on his deathbed. He's an old man here. In second in in first Kings chapter to the second chapter of first Kings and as was the custom among royal families during this time the crown or or the king the, 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 the kingship would be passed on to someone in his family and many many years prior to this God had actually promised David or told David that it was going to be his son not his oldest son but his son a guy by the name of Solomon. So Solomon is going to be the next king. So David is now on his deathbed. He's getting ready to die. And he calls in his son Solomon. And basically he challenges him in three areas. If, I, if we could, sort of like a resolution. He, he, he tells Solomon, he said, Solomon, I want you to resolve in these three areas. For your life. And I want us to, as a church, as individuals, kind of take that same challenge. Take that same challenge for the era for 2023. So let's read 1 Kings chapter 2. Really, only the first four verses. That's all that I'm interested in. I'll be, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. It goes like this When David's time to die drew near, He commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I am about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. That the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. You know, I've spent a lot of time kind of thinking about if I knew that I was going to be um, either dying or, or, or leaving and, and I was not going to be here at this church anymore or, or I knew this was going to be my last sermon, um, what's the passage that I would probably want to preach on? And it was, it, it was this one. Hopefully this is not a premonition. But it, it's this passage. This is a passage where David is getting ready to die. He knows he's going to die. And so he sums up 
he sums up this charge now to his son, Solomon. Um, this is where David is now. He's nearing the end of his life and calls his son in to give him some words of advice. And you'll see here on that little sheet of paper that you guys have now, on this side, there's a couple of blanks that you guys can fill in here, um, as, as well as, as places just to jot random notes down. But the, the first one is this, and that is, you know, it's been said that when we are born, we look like our parents. But when we die, we look like our decisions. When we're born, we look like our parents. But when we die, we actually look like our decisions. And David knew this all too well. And he wanted his son Solomon to be making good decisions in his life. So that when people would look back on Solomon and his life, they would actually see that he looked more like the good decisions that he had made. So not only did David want Solomon to make wise decisions for his life, but David also could die actually knowing that in spite of his failures as a father, he'd actually modeled these three challenges that he's getting ready to challenge David with. This isn't something that David is just teaching him. But he's actually has lived it. You know, that second blank that you have or that second uh, statement that you have in there. Truth is best caught, not taught. Truth is best caught, not taught. And that's it. You know, a lot of times we can teach, we can teach, we can teach. But if we're not living it ourselves, people see through the hypocrisy. And they want nothing to do with it. And David, in spite of his failures, and he had many, but as he sits there with his son, he's able to challenge him in these three areas. And Solomon can look at it and he can say, Dad, you actually lived this. So let's look more closely as to what David was challenging his son to. And it's a, a very simple message here. We're just going to be talking about three things. And these are three challenges, guys, that I want each of us to take to heart for 2023. If you haven't made res uh, resolutions for 2023, consider these three. They're quite broad. They're quite general. But consider them. The first one that, that David tells his son is to live courageously. Live courageously. Look there in verse 2. I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. And again, like I said, David was not challenging his son to live in a way that he himself didn't live. David's life is filled with stories. You guys want some interesting reading? Go through and just study the life of David. Um, very courageous man. You know, it's not like the man who boasted one time. He said, uh, he said he was so courageous because he actually sliced off the tail of a man-eating lion with his pocket knife. But then when they asked him why he hadn't actually decapitated it, his response was, well, somebody had already done that. 
You know, no, he, he, David actually went after the lions with the pocket knives, so to speak. Uh, scripture tells us that he actually, while he was tending his father's sheep, he killed a lion, he killed a bear. Uh, there's stories of David, of course, killing Goliath, the Philistine. Uh, well, probably one of my f- more favorite passage sections of Scripture is the story of David and his mighty men. I mean, these are, these are SEAL Team 6 kind of people. These are, these are guys who are ultra, ultra kind of uh, guerrilla war fighters who are going around, and David was leading them. Um, you know, perhaps David sensed some weakness in Solomon. Maybe he sensed that Solomon would face far greater challenges and challenges than he had experienced to date. Whatever the exact reason, we don't know exactly why, but whatever the exact reason, David knew that Solomon needed strength and courage. You know, it's worth maybe looking at um, how our world and specifically our culture defines living courageously or or as as it's said here in scripture prove yourself a man you know how does our culture kind of define it you know today many men believe that it's not manly to follow the commandments of god and live a godly life for many manhood is rated actually on how well you hold your liquor how immoral you can live how coarsely you can speak Uh, But in reality, guys, living the Christian life according to the Word of God is actually what makes a real man's man. To be a godly man is not to be a geek. Um, It is to be struggling and persevering, keeping your strength under control, being a righteous husband and a father. These things are not easy. They take effort, strength, and self-control. Guys, any idiot can get drunk. Any bozo can curse. But it takes a real man to actually live a life of discipline and set an example. So that's David's challenge to Solomon and our challenge to us here in this room. Um, Again, how does this apply to us here? You know, God's desire of us is to live courageous lives. Take courageous risks for God. Invest your life in eternal things. Men... Commit to courageously this year. I mean, think about this. Commit to courageously being the spiritual leaders in our home. Women, commit to coming alongside one or two younger female students that we have here at One Hope and walking this student journey with them, them being away from home. There's such a huge need for that that we're finding out. Young people wanting to be discipled by older folks. And sometimes all it takes is bring them into your home, go out for coffee, invite them over for a meal, spend time with them. Uh, There's a huge, huge need that we have for that. But that's a courageous move on your part. Youth, or students, I'm sorry, students, commit to understanding the Bible as much as you see to understanding your field of study. You know, it's always amazed me that we spend, we spend years and years and years learning to be whatever, an engineer, a lawyer, a teacher, whatever it is. Um, and we actually spend very little time studying God's Word. Maybe that's something that can change here for 2023. Commit to actually spending time in God's Word this year. 
so that we can be better and better stewards of what God tells us to do. Youth, be courageous in your schools. Be willing to be different. You know, when the majority says walk this way, be willing to actually say, hey, what about going down this path? When those that are in your school say, you know what, I want to be, I want to be mean, I want to make fun of this person, my challenge would be go find the quiet people in your school and be kind to them. Courageous acts for a youth. So first challenge of the year, live courageously. Second challenge that David gives his son is to live obediently. Live obediently. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. You know, David knew that Solomon could not live courageously without living obediently. It's in this place of obedient fellowship with God that Solomon would prosper in all he did. And guys, you know, near the end of Jesus' life, we find this in the Gospel of Matthew, but near the end of his life, he left instructions to his disciples. And these instructions have now continually been passed on to future disciples, which those of us in this room who call Jesus our Lord and Savior, that means us as well. And that, those instructions were this, to teach people, teach others, teach disciples to obey everything I have commanded you. You know, at the core of the Christian life, this is our calling. Live obediently. I think for many of us, we're natural followers. We're happy to do what we're told. You know, many of us, I don't know if it's the majority of us, but I know many of us, we actually work for an employer. We're not actually self-employed. We work for somebody. We actually thrive by being told what to do. Tell me what I will do and I will do it. And the Christian life is really no different. God has already told us what to do. Let's commit for 2023 to become more familiar with his spoken word to us. First one, live courageously. Second is live obediently. And then the last one, the third one is live faithfully. Live faithfully. God gave this promise to David, and David is now passing on the same promise to Solomon. He says that if your sons take heed to their way, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. God is promising is that if you are faithful to me, there will always be somebody from your lineage on the throne of Israel. And it culminated, we know that now, with Jesus being from the lineage of David and Solomon. What an amazing promise, guys. No matter what the enemies of Israel did to Israel, as long as David's sons were faithful and obedient, God would establish their kingdom. God would take care of the rest. 
And, and we actually might be envious of that promise. We're like, man, I wish God had kind of promised something like that to me. Um, Matthew 6.33 actually gives us a very, very similar promise. Uh, says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Translation, be faithful. Be faithful. And all these things will be added unto you. God promises that if we put him first, he will actually take care of the rest. You know, this past month, I had the unenviable job, but also the inevitable job that I think many of us will have of burying um, my mother. My mother passed away uh, about a month ago. Uh, they lived in, in Germany. Um, but I, I wanted to just, in, in, a, in a way, also give her, some, give her some, some honor, although she doesn't need it, nor would she want it, but she's my mom and I'm speaking. So I will hopefully be able to tie it into faithfulness. Um, in the early 1960s, 1961, kind of to be exact, my mother had this strong burden for the unreached people groups of the world. Those people groups who had never heard of the story of Jesus. And uh, she's a California girl. She lived in California, uh, had started going to university there. And after two years of going to university, this passion inside of her got so great that she decided that she was going to leave all of that behind and go to the Amazon jungles of Brazil. And there was numerous tribal groups in Brazil that had not heard the gospel message. Uh, these were groups that did not speak any Portuguese, which is the, 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 language, of, um, the language of Brazil and there was no written language. They were hunters and gatherers. They were uh, truly Stone Age, bows and arrows, uh, no clothing. I mean, this is what, what you would think of, of incredibly remote nations. And this particular nation was called the Wadi Nation. Um, Brazil, we call it the Pacas Novos, but it's, it, they actually call themselves the Wadi. And in 1962, my mother moved there as a single lady um, to live among the Wadi people group. Um, and her commitment, her commitment was she wanted to be able to teach them and get the Bible in their language. Uh, that, was her, that was her life's, life's goal and life's dream. For the next 60 years, guys, for the next 60 years, she met my father who also went down as a single man. Uh, they got married. Uh, they moved in together among the Wadi people group. The Wadi actually adopted my parents, gave my, my mother uh, the name of Topa'il, um, and gave my father the name of Wimkirunt, and then even gave each of us names as well. I was adopted into their, into their, their the, the kind of the larger family, and uh, my name was Burunchimampawin, so they shortened it to Burunchim. But um, th this is a people group that really became our family. Um, and I, I lived there most of my life other than going to, to school. Um, but I lived there among the Wadi, grow up um, hunting, fishing, swimming. Um, I have brothers that are in this 
people group. And funny enough now, of course, 60 years later, we end up with uh, technology getting among them. I've started getting all kinds of WhatsApp messages from them. So they now have phones and WhatsApps. I mean, they've, they've, they've developed quite well. And it's just, it's so what's so exciting is to see guys that I grew up with, little guys, little guys that I grew up with. I mean, we're, they're my age now, and they're actually the leaders of the church. There is now a thriving church there among the Pocket Snowballs. But for the last 60 years, from 1962 until 2022, my mother's goal was to be able to get the Bible translated into their heart language. And she was diligently working and working, in the meantime, raising a family and taking care of my father, um, ending up having to obviously leave and do other things, do, do, do primers, do, do all, she gave them an alphabet. They didn't have any sort of a written language. She designed all of that for them. She had only two years of university, but she actually was given an honorary doctorate, University of Pittsburgh, because she actually wrote a book about the, about the, the Wadi language group. And they addressed it to her as Dr. Barbara Kern. We had a good laugh over that because she just said, yeah, it's just a silly title. Put it off to the side. In September of this year, in September of this year, she finally finished translating the Bible. And what, a, what an incredible, and every time I spoke with her, she would tell me, she goes, she goes, Stefan, I just want to finish. I just want to finish. And then over the course of this past year, she got hit with all kinds of diseases, cancer, um, among, among some, some, some other sicknesses. And back in end of November, I think it was, yeah, I, I received a phone call from my dad saying that it appeared as though she was only had a little bit of time left to live. So I immediately flew. I flew to Germany and I was there. I was, I was with her for her last week of, of life. She was in the hospital. And I went and visited her every single day. And every single day that I visited her, I could just see her getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And she started up until probably Thursday. I got there on a Sunday. And then on Thursday, it was just um, less and less conversation that we were having. But on Friday, on Friday, I was actually had an opportunity to, to just sit with her and hold her hand. And I said, I said, let's pray, Mom. And I reached down, and I'd done this every day, but it would always been me praying. And I reached down, held her hand, and as I was praying with her, she interrupted me, and she started praying. And the prayer that she prayed, guys, was all about faithfulness. And it wasn't about her, it wasn't about her faithfulness. It was about God's faithfulness and how faithful God had been through all of this. And guys, it's because of that, it's because of God's faithfulness um, that we can actually be faithful to Him. Um, you know, returning to the quote that I mentioned earlier, when we're born, we look like our parents, but when we die, we look like our decisions. My challenge, guys, for you all is this year, live your life in such a way that at the end of the year, 
You can be proud of the way you decided to live. Let's pray. God, thank you for the hope that you give each of us. God, thank you for the the opportunities we have to look at stories from your word and the opportunities we have to pull principles from them uh, to live our life by. God, I pray that everyone in this room would be able to focus 2023 on things that are eternal. God, there's absolutely nothing wrong with living for the moment and having a fun time. But God, I pray the overarching theme of this year would be that we live our life with eternity in focus. We live our life courageously. We live our life obediently and we live our life faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen.